Hi, welcome to Bookie. Today we will be unlocking how to read a book. Many people may scoff at the title of this book, thinking that as most of us have already received at least 10 years of education, we don't need to be taught how to read a book. However, the authors believe that even if we are college graduates, schools have not taught us how to properly read a book. Although we browse the internet for a variety of information, and sometimes even read novels for entertainment, this book suggests that while such type of reading is informative and entertaining, it does not help us improve our understanding and minds. We can only attain true growth when we read books that seem to surpass our abilities. Moreover, our perspectives on how to read are not entirely correct. For example, many people think that reading is just another form of listening, it is a passive acquisition of information. However, the authors of this book refute such a view. They suggested that the reception involved in reading is not an act as simple as inheriting a fortune, it is rather more similar to a catcher catching a ball during a baseball game. The catcher's active initiative to catch the ball, is the same active intention as that of the pitcher and hitter. Therefore, reading is also an activity that requires an active initiative, the more intentional you are, the better the effect. In another example of our inaccurate perspective of reading, some people apply the same speed and reading method to whichever book they are browsing. But in fact, we need to apply different speeds and methods when reading different books. Such is the importance of how to read a book, a reading guide which will offer you detailed guidance for reading. Since its first publication in 1940, it has received a positive reception in many Western countries, leading it to being republished several times. The author's deep contemplation and broad view on the subject can make reading much easier for people, who both do not understand it and are exploring it for the first time. This book not only introduces general methods for reading, giving specific techniques for different types of books, but also discusses the essence and meaning of reading. This book was written by two authors. The first author was Mortimer J. Adler, who was a scholar, educator, and editor. He was the chief editor of Great Books of the Western World and directed the editing of the 15th edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. The second author Charles Van Doren, who was a professor at Columbia University and later left his position to edit the Encyclopedia Britannica with Adler. He provided substantial literary material and rewrote the first edition of this book. Thus, both their names were on the new 1970 edition of this book. In this bookie, we will explain to you the essence of this book in three parts, and guide you through the techniques and art of reading. Part 1. Why should we read? Part 2. The four levels of reading. Part 3. How to read different reading materials. Part 1. Why should we read? Let us begin with why we should read. Literary materials such as newspapers and magazines can provide you at once with information, pleasure, and even laughter. Through them, you can get access to the primary benefit of reading, which is to entertain and inform. These types of materials require little of its readers, only requiring them to be literate as such materials necessitate a type of passive reading with little contemplation. This type of passive reading, which requires almost no thinking, exists all around us. For example, we can see it on our phones through the fragmented messaging on websites. The secondary benefit of reading is to increase one's understanding of a certain topic. For example, 
When you are reading a book by an author whose message is not as easy to comprehend as that in a newspaper or magazine, you will find it more difficult to digest compared with materials that only require passive reading. This happens due to the gap that exists between our and the author's understanding on a certain topic. The latter is much greater than the former. What we need to do at this point is to read carefully by training our eyes before the words, and deliberate continuously over passages, in order to gradually make obscure concepts clearer. You will slowly come to understand the author's message, and your understanding will improve during the process. It is only through constantly challenging our understanding, actively reading, and deliberately trying to follow the author's message, that we can avoid becoming an uncritical reader. An uncritical reader is one who reads a lot, but does not fully understand what they have read. They don't care about whether or not they have understood the intention of the author, nor whether or not they have gained anything in the process. This type of reading is equivalent to plugging your ears and finishing the book just through browsing it with your eyes. The only concern with this type of reading is about the amount of books read, which is itself illusory. Following this trend leads to ignorant and uncritical reading. Such a reader is like a traveler who walks down a road, as soon as they see it, only caring about how many roads they have traveled, regardless of whether they actually enjoy the view or reach their destination. The third benefit of reading is that it can expand one's mind. Our minds are just like muscles. If we don't continuously use them often, they can become weak. Reading in order to expand and grow our understanding is just like training our muscles, it can prevent the mind from deteriorating by slowing the decline of our mental capabilities. Our mind and body do not develop simultaneously. The growth of the body is limited, it reaches its peak when people turn 30, where from there it gradually deteriorates. The growth of the mind on the other hand is indefinite. As long as the mind is still there, it can continue to grow and develop. For example, Charles Munger who was introduced in one of our bookies Poor Charlie's Almanac, still read books whenever and wherever possible at the age of 95. He could even read 20 books a week. Charles Munger's children teased him by calling him a walking book. Maybe it was actually due to his diligent reading that he could still be clear-minded and mentally acute at the age of 95. He was able to think, make investments, and read books. That was the first part of this bookie. We have learned the three benefits of reading. The first benefit is for entertainment and access to information, which requires the least amount of reading technique. The second benefit is to improve one's understanding of a certain topic, which requires active reading and carefully going over the words. The third benefit is the expansion of one's mind, which requires constant training in order to keep it from deteriorating just like our muscles. We need to practice constant active reading in order to train our minds to strengthen its endurance and our life's vitality. Part 2 the four levels of reading. Now that we have gone over the benefits of reading, let us proceed to the four levels of reading, the elementary, the inspectional, the analytical, and the syntopical. These four levels are listed from the most superficial to the most extensive. Now, let us look at the characteristics of each reading level. The first level is elementary reading. This is the lowest of the four levels and can be achieved once you can read and understand the symbols made on paper. Elementary reading is usually accomplished in primary school, and as such doesn't require further detail in explanation. 
The second level is inspectional reading. It involves systematic skimming or pruiding of a text. This means within a short amount of time, one needs to know the purpose, theme, category, and audience of a book, while contemplating whether or not it's worth reading. Inspectional reading has two stages. The first one is systematic skimming. In this stage the authors recommended following certain steps in an order. First, look at the title page and, if the book has won, the preface, which will help you understand the theme of the book. Next, study the table of contents, which will help you know the book's basic structure. Then, you can check the index and read the publisher's blurb. After these steps, you should have come to a general conclusion of the book, is it worth further reading? Should you finish it by further skimming through it, or give it the benefit of more careful reading later? If you decide to finish the book at that moment, you can specifically pick certain chapters to skim through. Then, turn to the back of book, find its main arguments and look for its basic theme. Don't forget to read the last several pages, as these are usually the places where the author repeats and highlights their key points. The second stage of inspectional reading is reading through the book quickly. That is to say reading through a book quickly even if you don't understand it. You should do it without stopping, even if you are confused. After you have read it once, even if you have only understood half of its content, they will help your overall comprehension when you decide to reread it. After this, if you feel like the book is worth the time for further analysis and understanding, you should use analytical reading. Now, let us proceed to the third level, analytical reading. Analytical reading involves comprehensive and complete reading. Francis Bacon once remarked that, some books are to be tasted, others to be swallowed, and certain ones to be chewed and digested. Reading a book analytically falls into the latter category, it requires us to chew and digest the book. Analytical reading is divided into three stages. The first stage is finding out what a book is talking about. In this stage, we need to complete four steps. The first step is to identify the type of book, such as whether it is theoretical, practical, or of another sort. The second step is to discover the theme of the book, and then summarize the entirety of its main contents, while using the shortest possible sentences. Then, we need to find out the structure of the book and draw its mind map or outline. The authors remind us that in this step, when we summarize the structure of the book, we do not necessarily have to follow its original structure. Here, you can make conclusions based on your own understanding. The final step is to find out the questions the author is trying to ask or solve. Most authors write a book with one or several questions in mind, in which the book is the product of the author's answers to these questions. When we uncover the author's questions, we can then also uncover the structure of their book. When you have completed the above four steps, you have accomplished the first stage of analytical reading. Now let us proceed to the second stage, which is to understand the specific content of the book. This stage also includes four steps. Let's look at them one by one. In the first step, you need to find the most important keywords in the book, and understand the precise meaning the author created behind them. Finding and understanding these keywords is the prerequisite for reaching a consensus with the author on the book's main ideas. It is also important to understand the technical vocabulary used by the author if you are reading highly specialized books. For example, 
In the case of reading Adam Smith, words such as wealth, capital, wages, commodity, and price are the technical vocabulary used. We can better understand the intention of the author when we have understood the specific definitions that have given to them in their book. In the second step, you need to highlight the important sentences in the book and discover its main idea. After this step, you need to organize the author's points in order, and use notes to reconstruct the chain of causality in the book. This helps in comprehending the logic and intention of the author's discourse. After you have completed these three steps, you can begin the final step of this stage, which is to determine which questions the author has indeed solved. Next is the third stage of analytical reading, which is to fairly judge a book. The authors remind us that before we judge a book, we must first understand it. Otherwise, our judgment may be too rash. Moreover, you should not fuss over every little detail and give the book a chance. If you truly believe that a book is in fact not very good, you should be able to give specific arguments as to why this is the case. Those are the three stages of analytical reading. Now, let us talk about the fourth level of reading, syntopical reading. Syntopical reading is the highest of all reading levels. It is both the most complicated and systematic way to read. The authors believe that most university students should have learned syntopical reading before graduating. Syntoptical reading involves selecting and reading related books covering the same topic in order to obtain a comprehensive understanding of an issue. In syntopical reading, you should imagine yourself as a scholar who is interested in a certain issue, and wants to dive into investigating and researching it. For example, if you are going to write an article on the subject of war, you must first find books on the topic. As such, do you need to read novels containing descriptions of wars, such as Gone with the Wind, War and Peace, and The Charterhouse of Palmer? No. The reason is because in these novels, war is simply part of the story's background. Their primary focus is on human survival and struggle, and does not involve the study of war itself. Therefore, these books should not be included in the scope of your syntopical reading. So, how should we proceed with syntopical reading? The authors proposed five steps. Step one is to find relevant passages. Here, you must use inspectional reading to quickly find the passages you need. The second step is to understand the answers of different authors to the same question, and reframe these answers in your own words, so that you can use the books in a manner that works for you. The third step is to clarify the problem. Syntopical reading is a question-oriented method of reading. In order to prevent you from getting lost in abundant texts and materials, or forgetting about the original purpose behind your reading, you should first list the questions that interest you most. Then, you should see how the authors answer them and make a list of their different responses. Step 4 is to define the issues. You might think that since we have already raised questions, the issue in which we are discussing should also be clear. So, why should we bother defining the issue? This is because sometimes, in the answers we have collected, we may unexpectedly discover that there is a complicated side to the question. For example, you may find that the author's opinions are different from each other, because they approach the question from different perspectives. At this point, you may need to make certain adjustments to the question you originally posed in order to make it a better question to answer and explore. The last step of syntopical reading is to analyze and discuss, 
understand the key points of each answer, and put these answers together in a specific order. When putting answers together, it is necessary to be neutral towards each point of view, and present the answers from different stances of the issue as comprehensively as possible. On this basis, you can form your own reading report. If you can master syntopical reading, you are to some extent an amateur scholar. The first three levels of reading should be enough to complete a general reading. One should systematically skim and pre-read a book through inspectional reading. Then, one can proceed to a deeper level through analytical reading once it is clear that the book is a good one. When deep reading, one should also mind their speed of reading. Many people slow down when they run into spots that interest them, and speed up when they run into abstruse sentences, this is in fact incorrect. The French scholar Pascal once said, when we read too fast or too slowly, we understand nothing. The correct way is to slow down when we run into abstruse sentences and patiently deliberate over them. All right, that was the content of the second part. We have learned the four levels of active reading. The first is elementary reading, which is to understand writing symbols, letters, and characters. The second is inspectional reading, which is to quickly understand the main content of a book by skimming and prereading it. The third is analytical reading, which is a more comprehensive reading based on inspectional reading, which analyzes the keywords, sentences, and rhetoric of a book in a more profound manner in order to objectively judge a book based on a comprehensive understanding of its content. The final is syntopical reading, which is the acquisition of a comprehensive understanding of certain issues by reading books that address related topics. Part 3 – How to Read Different Reading Materials Next, let us look at the last part, how to read different reading materials. There are many genres of books, including practical works, imaginative literature, history, science and mathematics, social sciences and philosophy, reference, newspapers and magazines, advertisements, and so on. Here, we will learn the methods of reading three genres of books. First, we have the method used for reading practical books. The so-called practical books are books that teach us how to do something, while also offering us some guidance. Besides the four methods of general reading we mentioned above, we need to take heed of two more things when reading books of this sort. You need to first ask yourself, is its content authentic? The authenticity of practical books mainly determines whether you can accept the goals set by the author and the methods whereby they achieve them. After that, you need to also ask yourself this other question, what does this book have to do with me? If a book answers a question you care about or contains content you can practice in your daily life, then you should apply the instructions in the book to your life after reading it. Next, comes the reading method used for fictional books. These books include novels, poetry, plays, and so on. For this reading method, we have three don'ts and three dos. The first of the three don'ts is to not resist the impact such literature has on you. In these works, the authors of fiction are sharing their experience, imagination, and feelings. You must enter their imaginative world and let their stories have an effect on you, in order to gain a profound understanding and new experience achieved through reading the work. The second don't is to not judge novels according to a logical standard used to transmit knowledge or assure factual truth. To put it more simply, do not judge the authenticity of its statements. Aristotle emphasized that, 
The standard of correctness is not the same in poetry as in politics. In fictional literature, the author may lead you through heaven, hell, a war, or a volcano. You can only go through this new experience by believing in the author's framework of this fictitious world. For example, in the fairy tale Little Red Riding Hood, both the main character and her grandmother were eaten by a wolf, and later got out of the wolf's belly all in one piece. The sleeping wolf did not wake up while being cut open by a pair of scissors and sewed up. The events in the book are against common sense and logic, but do not hinder us from being moved and inspired by its story. The third don't is to not look for a consensus, theme, or argument. These all belong to logic, not poetry. The poet Mark Van Loren once said, In poetry and in drama, statement is one of the obscure mediums. For example, you cannot find everything to be explanatory within every stanza of a lyric poem. But, if you look at the poem as a whole, you can see how the correlation and interaction between the words speak of something larger which addresses the theme. Therefore, what should not be done is to seek knowledge of the existing discourse in the book, but to instead understand the meaning derived from fictional literature. After the three don'ts, let's look at the three dos. The first do is, to classify fictional books and adopt different reading methods when reading novels, plays, and lyric poetry. Novels should be read quickly and preferably finished in one sitting. If there is not enough time, you should try to condense the plot within a certain time frame. Otherwise, you might forget or miss preceding important plot points, and end up not knowing what you have read. When reading plays, you must first look at the author's preface and also finish it in one sitting. When reading lyric poetry, you should devote into it with your heart and soul and engage your imagination. Otherwise, you will not be able to feel its beauty. The second doe is to capture the general idea of the plot in one sentence. To do so, you should find the focus of the fictional book. The plot of Tom Jones's by Henry Fielding for instance can be summarized within one sentence, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl. The third doe is to uncover the structure of the book. For instance, a novel is made up of a background character seventh interludes and other literary elements. The development of the plot includes the beginning, the middle, and the end. So, when reading a novel, we should look for its structure through the perspective of these aspects. Now, let's look at the reading method used for theoretical books, including historical, scientific, philosophical, and other literary works. For different fields, we need to adopt different reading methods. Let's take historical books as an example. History is a special type of story, it is the story of time. There are two key points to go over when reading historical books. The first point is to read more than one book on the event, or a time period you are interested in, in order to be able to make comparisons and conclusions. The second point of significance is to focus on understanding the reason behind the history, and the impacts historical events have had on our modern day, instead of focusing only on their own time period. Then, there are also scientific books, which require their own technique. Today, science has become a highly professional field where most scientific works are written for professionals. However, this does not have to hinder the general public wanting to know more about certain scientific fields from reading their research papers. The authors suggest reading certain great scientific classics and their popular books. 
general readers can understand most of these books through analytical reading. But compared to other types of books, they require more effort on the part of the audience. Philosophical books as well require their own methodology. For most people, philosophy is an abstruse field. The questions discussed by philosophers seem to be too difficult for regular people to fully comprehend. But in fact, we don't have to feel intimidated by this field. Philosophy is a subject that involves both doubt and contemplation. For ages, philosophers have investigated questions, such as, what is the difference between existence and non-existence? Do objects exist in different manners? Are we able to understand things that exist beyond our own minds? Why do things change? And so on. Philosophical works are the product of philosophers' deliberations and answers to these questions. Thus, when reading philosophical books, it is important for us to understand the questions the author intends to answer. After we have accomplished such, to uncover the foundation of the entire book, we need to find the author's central idea and principles. There is another thing we need to take heed of when reading philosophical books, which is the fact that philosophers often give special meaning and definitions to common words. Thus, because the words used by the author might not mean the same thing as they do in our daily life, we need to be very careful when reading and making distinctions in terminology. If this is missed, it is likely that we will be unable to understand the intention of the author. Well, that is all for our bookie on how to read a book. Now, let us review its content. In the first part, we learn that the benefit of reading is threefold. The first benefit is for entertainment and access to information, which requires the least amount of reading technique. The second benefit is to improve one's understanding of a certain topic, which requires active reading and carefully going over the words. The third benefit is the expansion of one's mind, which requires constant training in order to keep it from deteriorating just like our muscles. We need to practice constant active reading in order to train our minds and strengthen its endurance and our life's vitality. In the second part, we learned the four levels of active reading. Elementary reading is to understand writing symbols. Inspectional is to quickly understand the main content of a book quickly by skimming and prereading it. Analytical is a more comprehensive reading based on inspectional reading, which digs into the analysis of the keywords, sentences, and rhetoric of a book in order to objectively judge a book based on a comprehensive understanding of its content. Syntopical reading is the acquisition of a comprehensive understanding of certain issues by reading books that address related topics. In the third part, we learn the different ways to read practical books, fictional books, and theoretical books. They each have different requirements. We first need to determine which genre a book belongs to, and then adopt the proper reading method to achieve a better effect from the reading experience. As readers who aspire to their own goals, we need to be able to use proper reading methods for different books. A proper reading method can both save time and improve our level of comprehension. Books are the ladder of human progress. In a modern society where knowledge is quickly evolving, being able to read different books using different reading techniques is an important shortcut to use in order to acquire knowledge. A proper reading initiative, that is to say, an active one does not simply improve our own cultivation of knowledge, or help us in our work and career, but also helps us grow and maintain the vitality of our minds. So, 
In order for your life to be even more full of vitality, reading is your ticket to get there.